You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. What do you look forward to the most at Christmas? Is it the food, the gifts, the time with your family, your favorite Christmas movie? Maybe another way to think about it is, how do you know that you've had a perfect Christmas? When you put away all the decorations, you've cleaned up from all the meals, and you sit back and evaluate, you ask questions like, uh, how are my gifts? Did the food taste good? Was everyone nice to me? I know for me, the perfect Christmas means that I was cozy. I love being able to throw on a comfortable sweater, to plop down in my favorite chair, to enjoy a nice warm beverage, and just feel cozy, to feel comfortable. Because we all want to be comfortable, right? We want to be safe, and we want to be happy, and we want to be at peace. And comfortable may mean different things to different people. To you, it may mean that life is fun or you don't have anything to worry about. Or maybe it means to you that your family, for the first time in a long time, isn't fighting or that everything, I mean everything, went exactly to plan. But no matter how you define comfortable, I think we would all agree that it would be just awesome if Christmas was fun and peaceful and worry-free, especially this year. That is what we are craving. But the day that Jesus was born was far from comfortable. It was anything but cozy. For Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Joseph, her husband, their entire world was completely turned upside down. And you may be familiar with Mary and Joseph. You've probably seen a Christmas play or seen a nativity set, and Mary and Joseph are standing there with baby Jesus. But today, I want to challenge you to really try to think from their perspective what it must have been like when Jesus was born, and to try to understand why it is that Jesus' birth was so disruptive. Let's start by looking at Mary. We read about Mary's story in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I'm trying to imagine right now what it would be like to be in Mary's shoes. 
She's sitting there minding her own business when out of nowhere an angel shows up. And this angel tells her that she, a young, unmarried virgin, will somehow have a baby. And babies are cute, and I think we all agree that babies are amazing. But babies are also loud, and they're smelly, and they need a lot of attention. This would have been a lot for her to take in. And not only was Mary having a baby, but she's having a baby she's told to be a king. A baby that would be the son of God, that would save the world. That's a lot of pressure. I, I feel pressure just to raise children who aren't a complete havoc in the middle of H-E-B. Here, she is told that the baby she's about to have will be God's son. And yes, Mary was afraid. And she had some questions. But Mary was willing to do what God asked of her. Mary did what God asked even though she knew this was going to be a huge disruption for her. And this was just the beginning for Mary. Um, along the way, at, during her pregnancy, she had to take an unscheduled long trip. The Roman government wanted to tax all the people living in occupied territory, so they required everyone to travel back to their hometowns. Joseph and Mary would have to travel, travel from Nazareth in Galilee to Bethlehem in Judea. This trip would take them over a week, and there's two possible routes. The more direct route goes through Samaria, and there's some pretty rough terrain, and there's some social and political tension between Samaria and the surrounding peoples. The longer route would require them to cross over the Jordan River and would add about two days to the trip. No matter which route they took to Bethlehem, it was going to mean a long, arduous journey, a difficult trip for Mary, who was very pregnant. If you've ever traveled while pregnant or with a pregnant woman, I can tell you it's a little more complicated than your normal day trip. In the ancient world, traveling by foot over a long distance late in the pregnancy, this was a complication for Mary. And then when they finally arrive in Bethlehem, there's no place for them to deliver the baby except in a cave or in a stall with, other an with animals around them. There's no privacy. They're surrounded by smelly animals, and they lay the baby in a feeding trough. This was not the birth of a child that she had probably dreamed of. Not to mention all the emotional strain that's going on here, because everyone she knows probably doubts her when she tells her story about the origin of this child. They probably looked at her and judged her and thought, that's a person who's just living in sin. But Mary wasn't the only one who had to give up something to be part of God's plan. We read about her husband, Joseph, in Matthew chapter 1. This is what it says in verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way, when his mother, Mary, had been betrothed, which is kind of like an engagement, but more so. When she had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Imagine all the emotions that Joseph is probably dealing with when he finds out that his fiance is pregnant before they've been together. Imagine all the questions he had that Mary has no sufficient answers in his mind for. This is probably not what he envisioned when he planned to get married. And you have to remember that the world they lived in was very different than the world today. When Mary gets pregnant, everyone around would have assumed that she had been unfaithful to her future husband, that she had cheated on him. There were punishments for this. There were financial costs to her family. This was devastating for them. His story continues in verse 19. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. 
But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. I I don't know how he felt when he first found out that Mary was pregnant, but it's clear that he was trying to do the right thing. He was trying to maintain the peace. He wanted Mary to be safe. That's why he decides to divorce her quietly. He didn't want to stir up trouble for her. But let's be honest. He was also seeking some comfort for himself. He was going to divorce her, to leave her. And and Joseph didn't get what was going on immediately. Maybe he didn't believe Mary's story. So an angel shows up to him as well. And after the angel speaks directly to Joseph, he comes to the point where he understands God's plan. And Joseph did what God asked of him even though it was going to be a huge disruption for him. And I would love to tell you that after Mary and Joseph made these difficult decisions to follow God's lead, that everything was easy, that it was all fun and games, it was peaceful, that it was comfortable, that they enjoyed a nice, cozy life. But it wasn't. It was far from that. After much of this discomfort, uh, and before they could even really fully celebrate the birth of Jesus— King Herod, the the king over the region, had heard a rumor about the birth of a new king. And Herod was an insecure king. Uh, Here's a little glimpse into Herod's backstory. He was a client king installed by the Roman Empire. And Herod had married a woman because of her family social standing, but he had her executed in 29 BC over accusations that she was unfaithful to him and that she was plotting to kill him. Later, Herod executed his sons, Alexander and Aristobulus, in 7 BC. And later, he executed another son, Antipor II, his oldest son from a different wife, in 4 BC. Herod accused all three of these sons of trying to kill him. Herod was paranoid. He was insecure about his kingdom. And he was willing to kill for it, even in his own family. So the birth of Jesus, when it gets back to him that this is happening is a threat to his insecure kingdom. He feared rebellion. He feared competition. So Herod decided to find and kill not just one baby, but any baby in the region who might be a threat to his throne. Well, this is definitely going to disrupt things for Mary and Joseph. And in Matthew chapter 2, we read about Herod's actions and then Joseph finding out about it. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child and to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt. See, Jesus and his family, Jesus and his parents, Mary and Joseph, are on the run. They're refugees. They're living in Egypt to escape the wrath of an insecure king. My guess is that this is not the life that Mary and Joseph had planned for themselves. When they decided to, to get engaged, when they entered into this contract to be married, when they were looking forward to starting a family together, my guess is they didn't think they'd be spending their time on the run in Egypt as refugees. So when you and I dream of a cozy Christmas with blankets and hot cocoa and a crackling fire, we need to remember just how uncomfortable how disruptive this first Christmas was. 
God turned Mary and Joseph's lives completely upside down. But because Mary and Joseph embraced the disruption and they gave up their comfort, God let them be part of something that was so much bigger than themselves. If you read through the Bible, you you see consistently story after story where God disrupts things, where God does the unexpected, where God turns people's lives upside down. In this season, as we take time to reflect on the birth of Jesus, I want you to ask yourself, how should you respond when God turns your life upside down? Because if you are following God, I guarantee you that will happen. Because the God we serve, the God we worship, the God we read about in the Bible is a God who shows up and changes things dramatically.